I am your host, Kit McCarty, and my guest today is Jack Miller. Welcome, Jack. Thank you for having me. Jack's father was a pastor, so he grew up in church and was there every time the doors were open. As with anything in life, too much of a good thing can lead to boredom. So, when he felt God calling him into ministry, Jack determined church would be anything but boring. Now, after more than 20 years of working as a children's pastor at Grace Point Church in Irving, Texas, he and the thousands of high-octane kids, as well as hundreds of adult workers, can honestly say it's been a whole lot of fun. Jack's great sense of humor shows up in skits, playful pranks, family camp, service events, and sometimes even in Sunday sermons. Jack is an outdoorsman and a family man. He's married to Shelley, and together they have a beautiful daughter, Sadie. Jack, I see you as creative, playful, faithful, generous, and stinking funny. Well, I just see myself as a guy that loves what he does, and I love to have fun. I figure if I'm having fun, the kids will too. I I totally agree, and I can tell by the way that, that children, teens, parents respond to you. They're all having fun. That's great. Have you I always so. been a fun guy, or is that something you came into later in life? No, I've always loved to have fun. I was the class clown in school and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the neighborhood jokester. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Did that get you in trouble? Just, occasionally, yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. We decided one day we were going to see who could get the most swats one year. And so, so yeah, we, we sent. That was your goal. That was our goal at school <laughs> in the third grade. <laughs> so I had some firecrackers that I found and those in the principal's office. So I got quite a few swats that day. Yeah, I totally think so. (laughs) Totally think so. But I can imagine that in the work that you do now, that really gives you empathy for kids who are on both ends of the spectrum. They're just really good and they're just out to have good, clean fun. And those who are a little edgy and like to push the envelope. And I think that you need to be good at uh, helping both kinds and everybody in between. Absolutely. I get to see the good and the bad and and, uh, my, my... desires to bring out the good mm-hmm. and uh, so it's I'm rambling I guess <laughs> no you're doing, you're doing great so tell me a little bit about how you got into youth ministry did you grow up in church or did you come later in life yes I grew up in a pastor's home grew up going to church every time the doors were open whether it was uh, revival seven nights the week we were there every night and uh, so there wasn't a time that I missed uh, going to church and so uh, growing up in church, I was a little bit bored, didn't exactly enjoy church. And uh, so, yeah, when the Lord called me into kids' ministry, I, I told him I would do it as long as I wasn't going to bore the kids. And uh, the Lord has honored that. He's given me some fun things to do with the kids and keep them engaged. And 
you know, the, the, probably the greatest compliment that I have is that the parents say, you know, my kids are waking me up on Sunday morning, wanting, making sure we're going to church today. And uh, so that there's the thing that keeps me encouraged that we're headed in the right direction. That sounds like a win to me. Tell me about some of those events. Some of the events that we have done, well, you know, I know a lot of the churches like to do VBSs, and there's nothing wrong with the VBS. We've done those here as well, but I just enjoy having a uh, thing that I, we called family mechanics, where the parents and the kids come to church together. Uh, so many times when we come into our church, it's parents go here, kids go here, and our kids never get to see the uh, parents in worship, and and most of the time, you know, you 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 emulate what you see. And our parents are our biggest uh, person that we look up to and begin to try to be like. And so my heart is for our kids to see our parents in worship and uh, see them grow and see that it is okay to raise your hands to worship the Lord. It's okay that, uh, you know, we're standing up through the songs and and for them to just learn from their parents and worship. So it seems to me that you believe a person ought to have fun in worship. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me why that's uh, important to you. Well, because I, like I said earlier, you know, when you grow up and you're not having fun and you, you don't want to go to church. And so as soon as I was old enough to not go to church, that's exactly what happened. I got out and thought I would go have fun in the world because I was looking mm-hmm. for some fun and enjoyment in life, not knowing that an enjoyment could be happening in the church walls and encouraged me to, you know, deep, deepen my walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's there's not a funner walk, if funner's a good word there. It's a great word. <laughs> there's not, that's a country in me coming out. There's not a funner walk than there is with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've walked down some some paths that uh, not too proud to go down that I thought were fun, but uh, I found out walking with Jesus is way more fun than any other walk I've had. I would agree with that. So what are some of the things that you're doing uh, that make church fun? Some of the things that we do, we do, I love to do skits, and so <laughs> we love to, uh, I, I have a little character we call Little Johnny, and I come out as Little Johnny and interact with the uh, the other person on stage to try to open the lesson. It's, it's really not a skit to entertain the kids so much as it is to introduce how the lesson can be applied to their life. So it's an application skit because the story in the, of the Bible that I'm going to share that day and the message I'm going to share, we have to figure out how the story of the Bible applies to your life. And so if they can see it in action in a funny skit type way, it just opens the door for the rest of the, the message to be, you know, impact their life. I think that looks a lot like Jesus. I think Jesus was a really fun guy, and he taught a lot of truth yes, using stories yes, and acting did. things out and calling out things in nature. So I think that's a really good model. A lot of parables in the Bible. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That are not only just good stories in themselves, but point to higher ideals and and uh, lend themselves to really great applications. What are some other things that you do? Well, to keep it to keep it fun, one of the the fun things that we do now, and I started this about a year and a half ago, been one of the probably the best things that I've done in the last twenty years, and uh, it's called Tell Me Something Good, 
and uh, you all know that song. Tell me something good. And so my wife, she's the she's the one in the sound booth all the time. And so I just asked her before service one day. I just, it just hit me, and I said, you know that song. I said, can you get me that clip and play it, and make me a little slide that says, tell me something good. I I felt like after the pandemic that I didn't have the relational connection with the kids, and so. They've had so much going on in their life. I want them to find the good thing in their week. And so I just went around the room, and sometimes it takes 15, 20 minutes. And I will go around, and every kid will get a chance to tell me something good that's happened in their life that week. And that one-on-one connection, I'm looking at them. They're talking to me. I cut up about it, you know. So, like, you know, the little girls will say, oh, I got a pedicure this week. And I say, oh, you pet, you cured your pet this week, and, and I'll make it up. And they're, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And all the other kids are like, Pastor Jack, you just don't understand what she's saying. And, and we just, I just have fun with it. And it gives them a chance to speak their heart that day. And, and also, if, you know, you come across the kid that every week, I don't have anything good. I don't have anything good. Well, then that gives me some prayer. You know, some I, I find out those are the kids I need to pray for. Those are the kids I need to surround. And and so it, it there's a lot of things that happens in that tell me something good other than just building that relationship. It it encourages me to, to reach out to those kids, maybe uh, spend a little more time with their parents and, and ask some questions. And so there's a lot that comes out of it. And it's been good for the kids, been good for me. Oh, absolutely. And I think that if you think somebody's going to ask you to tell something that's good, you're going to have to have an attitude of expectation uh, throughout the week of, I'm going to get called on. I better come up with something. And so then you are looking for good things that are happening in your life. And just approaching a day with an attitude of expectation that something good will happen, something good that you can share is a great way to live a life. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if, if, uh, if I don't have that relationship equity with the kids, uh, it's hard to speak into their life. And so if they know I care about what they're going through and the things that are happening in their world, then whenever I begin to speak about Jesus, they begin to listen and it begins to make an impact. I think, uh, too, as a speaker, when you have audience participation, that is never boring because you really take a risk when you turn over the microphone to somebody else. You don't know what they're going to say or if they're going to say anything at all. And, you you know, it's it's kind of a gamble, but it's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I did learn from handing the mics over to the kids during prayer time. I've learned that that was not a, that was not a good thing. You know, <laughs> uh, I had one come in one Sunday morning and said, pray for grandma and grandpa. They got into an argument on the way to church and she slapped him and broke his glasses. <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I need to not uh, have this go on. So, <laughs> And see, that's mm. Not boring either. Yeah, it was not boring. It was not boring. Uh, but it was hard to recover from, that's for sure. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love, too, that uh, through this audience participation that you do, you are making deep personal connections with the kids because I think you can learn as much about a person uh, by what they say as what they don't say. And so I so appreciate that you're looking Um, at both of those things when you interact with the kids. Um, So what do you think are some of the strengths of your ministry? I mean, you've been here a long time, so you're doing something right. Yes, this this month has been 21 years here at Grace Point Church as full-time kids pastor. And uh, I have to say I'm just 
amazed that God would allow me to be a part of that, and I'm so thankful that He that He did allow me to be a part of it. I, I think our strengths is our team. We have so many people that that volunteer, and um, so it takes about 24 volunteers every Sunday morning in high octane kids. And so I am just so thankful to have the team that we have, and that that has been the strength of being able to re- recruit those le- those leaders and uh, have them there on a weekly basis. Um, and I think that comes back to the relationship equity. You have to have that not only with the kids but with their parents. You have to. Um, build that relationship before you can ask someone to come in and step in in that role. And so that, I would say, my team is the strength of this whole thing. I'm so glad to hear you say that because a lot of times um, in ministry, it's either um, focused on the members of the congregation or the leadership, and you're finding a good balance. You're developing leaders um, as you live out your example, and you're helping them become more effective in their service at the same time that you're caring for the kids that are coming to the program. Um, What are some of the things that uh, leaders will learn from you when they come and work? And high-octane kids? Well, hopefully they'll learn the full aspect of kids' ministry from check-in to the audio-visual part to the actually teaching on stage. Um, I've been a part of Lead Texas, which was a program uh, that the church had over in Weatherford where the college students would come. And for eight years, we, on Wednesday nights, I would bring in the team and the, or the students and and uh, an hour and a half before service, I would train them on how to do everything. And then that night, they would actually get to do it. And so uh, it was a two-year program. And by the end of that two years, uh, they would have a good handle on kids' ministry. And I would have pastors from all over the country calling me, asking me, do you know of a, an up-and-comer or anybody that's ready to step into kids' ministry? I'm looking for a kids' pastor. And and so we were able to place in that eight years 17 full-time kids pastors, and I can't—I don't know the number on the part-time, but it was—it was significant, and and that was probably one of the greatest joys in ministry is training up the next leader. I think that's probably why a lot of people. Um, do start working in the ministry in children and youth ministry because they understand the importance of reaching the next generation while hearts are still soft and tender to the Lord. Is that why you chose to be in youth ministry? Well, I can't say that I chose it, but I know God chose it for me. I remember, you know, the story of me being even called into the ministry. I was a UPS truck driver and and I would go out on the on my route and I would be out in the middle of nowhere and I would preach a whole message to myself and I would come home and I would tell my wife, I preached a whole message to myself. What do you think that means? And trying to get her to tell me what God was already speaking into my heart. And she'd say, I don't know. What do you think? And I was like, oh, honey, you're not much help. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, so anyhow, uh, summer camp, summertime came and camp meeting was happening in Weatherford, Texas at our campgrounds. And, and my wife and I always went to camp meeting, actually went there for our honeymoon. And, uh, and so, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, anyhow, we, we wasn't going to get to go that year. And, and so the first night of camp meeting happened and some some of our friends that were there, they called us and said, 
where are you at? We, man, when we were sitting there listening to, to the guy, we just knew you guys needed to be here. And they said, do whatever you can to get here. And so talked to Shelly, and we, we decided we'd go. And so we dropped a few things and put some things on the back burner. We went to camp meeting. And on the way down, I remember, you know, because I'd been struggling telling her I felt like God was calling me into the ministry. And uh, so I just told her, I said, I really need some clear answers on what God wants us to do. And she said, well, let's pray about it. And so before we even went in, we prayed that God would just speak into our life the plan for our future. And we walked in the door, and I never will forget, there was two banners on the, each side of the building. It said, Affirmation, a call to serve. And I looked at Shelly, and she looked at me, and she said, I believe we're going to get our answer. Mm. And so the pastor that was preaching that night, his name was Billy Williams, and he was preaching about David and how before he slew Goliath that he had practiced, and he had practiced and practiced. And he said, you know, he killed the lion and the bear, but he was practicing on trees with that sling. And he just stopped right in the middle, and he said, there's somebody here, and you've been preaching to the trees. You've been wondering if God is calling you into the ministry. He said, I'm here to tell you tonight that God's speaking to you. And you are called. And so Shelly and I, we knew that that was exactly for us because I had been preaching to the trees as I would drive my UPS truck. And uh, so then we knew that we were called, but I didn't know where and what to so we began to seek his face on that, and the faithful God that we serve, he began to unfold that plan. And uh, actually, I went to a church in uh, Pampa, Texas that was had called, and they had said, hey, we're looking for a kid's pastor, and I was wondering you know, if you'd come interview. And so I, I did. I went over, and I hadn't been with the guy in maybe 10 minutes, and he just leaned back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, "You know, Jack, he said, I just don't think kids ministry is where your where your calling is." Oh. And I said, "I said, okay, I understand." And he said, "I think maybe you need to preach to the adults." And I said, "Well, we'll see what God has to say. We'll just, you know, I'm just looking for God's will." And so I left and I wasn't defeated or even upset. I just thought you know, I just need to keep praying. I just need to press in and lean into what God wants for me. And um, we came down. We brought the kids from the church in, in Borger to the youth camp. And uh, there, I, for about 10 minutes, I went and sat on a golf cart with Pastor Wooten. He was working the camp as well. He was in leadership. I was just there as a counselor. And uh, so we talked for 10 minutes maybe, you know, a little bit of where I'm from and how many kids we brought, things like that. And and then about, I guess it was six months later, he called me and he said, hey, he said, I know you're the kid, the youth pastor in Borger. And he said, uh, but I was just wondering if you feel called to kids ministry. And I said, well, I said, I've been leaning that way. I said, I've been feeling like God's pulling me in that direction. And uh, he said, well, would you come down and, uh, you know, just check out the church? I don't want to tell anybody who you are or what you're coming for so that they don't put on any false pretenses. And so we did. We came and spent a week, uh, a weekend. And uh, whenever we got in the car, I told Shelly, I said, well, 
this is where we'll be coming. She said, yep, I'm already online looking for places to rent. And so a few weeks later, he called me. He said, what would you think? And I said, well, I said, we we feel like that might be a good fit for us. We feel like God's leading us to Grace Point. At that time, it was Ralston Road. And um, so he said, well, would you come down and try out? And I said, I've never done a kid's service before. I said, all I've ever done is taught youth and, and preach to adults. And he said, well, we'll just have you preach on a Sunday morning then. <laughs> so, oh, because that's the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I preached to the congregation on a Sunday morning to try out for kids pastor. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so that's how I got started. We you, didn't do it. you didn't start with a skit, did you? No, I nope, didn't. I actually, I actually <laughs> preached a message God laid on my heart. And, uh, and so uh, it was it was funny that they voted me in as kids pastor, but they did. And I came, uh, well, it actually is February the 12th of this year. It would be 21 years. And I remember I sat down in the office and I sharpened my pencils and I looked around and I got up and I walked over to pastor's door and I knocked and I said, I've done everything I know to do. I said, so I need to come talk to you and find out what you want. Oh, wow. <laughs> and oh, he, wow. he looked at me. He said, he said, Jack, he said, I believe that God can teach you what you need to know. He said, you're pliable, you're, you're workable. And he said, if you'll just surrender to him, he'll, he'll lead you. And I said, all right. And so uh, I called a youth pastor at a larger church and asked if I could take them to lunch and ask them all the questions I could within an hour. I wouldn't take more than an hour of their time. And they said, sure. And so I went to lunch and began to ask every question I could think of. So what do I do about discipline? What do I do about crowd control? What do I do to prepare a lesson for the kids? Um, what does a order of service look like? I asked every question that I could think of, and he was so gracious to just sit there and pour into me. And so that's that was my start. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> that just seems so raw and wide open. It's amazing that you have come so far in the 21 years since. Listeners, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear more from our, our guest today, Jack Miller. what it's like to have a strong sense of purpose and to know that purpose is bigger than oneself. Whenever I share the Now I See story, whenever a guest agrees to share their story on my show, whenever I hear from you, our dear listeners, and I read your comments and your stories on our sites or in the reviews, I know that what we're creating here is something bigger than all of us. A community where people can learn and grow be encouraged and inspired, and be challenged to engage in deeper and more meaningful ways. 
If you're listening for the first time, you can find out more about the Now I See podcast by visiting our website at nis.media. You can find out more about our guests today by reading our show notes. You can find out about our previous ratings and reviews and leave a review of your own on any of our podcast host platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows each week. And we'd like to find out more about you. So drop us a line on any of our socials at Now I See Pod. Please introduce us to your friends when you share our show with them. I'll bet you'd like to find out more about our guest today, so let's get back to our show. I mean, after all, that is your purpose for listening. are back from our break with our guest today, Jack Miller. So Jack, we left off with your call to ministry and it was kind of a cliffhanger. It was kind of a scary moment um, thinking that you were going to leave everything and then come and have to build something completely new. And yet you have. So let's talk about some of the things that you have really enjoyed as you've built this ministry. I think the challenge is something I enjoy. I enjoy coming in and not knowing exactly what God wants me to do and just press in and find a way to make the things that he lays on my heart come to pass. That you scares know. me to death. It, 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 it does, but it gives you drive. Yeah, it sure it gives you that uh, that moment in the morning where you think, okay, I've got to get up and I've got to figure this out because Sunday's coming. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I enjoy the challenge of it. I enjoy you know, trying to figure out ways to... Uh, share the gospel with the kids, you know, in a way that they are not going to be bored. And so, uh, you know, I remember having the opportunity to to have a few things, ideas that God laid on my heart. And then whenever uh, I would go to pastor and he was like, we just don't have the money for that. And and I remember going down Beltline Road and being angry with God and just laying it out. God, why in the world did you have me sell everything and move down here? And then not have the supplies to do the things I want to do. You've given me the ideas, but no way to do them. And that's when the Holy Spirit just put me in check, as he always does. And he just said, just because you can't do something big doesn't mean you shouldn't do something at all. And so That's a good lesson for everybody. So the very that's next good. day, I remember going into the church, and there was a storage closet. had a bunch of stuff in it that the church had accumulated. And I found, uh, I think there was seven bricks in there. And I took those bricks, and I just decided I'm going to make a lesson on how to build our life on Jesus. And so I took the bricks and made my very first object lesson out of nothing. And uh, then God has just given me idea after idea on how to create a way to show the kids 
you know, his love through his word. And so object lessons are a fun, fun part for me, figuring out how to, how to implement something into my message. I think so too. Um, and energy is something that you bring to, um, to your program. And, and that is a key element as well. So your playfulness, your creativity, your object lessons, uh, making fun of worship in the best possible way, but energy. And you named your ministry High Octane Kids. High Why? Octane Kids. Well, um, you know, there's there's several little things on that. You know, the the kids are very high octane. They, you know, some of them, anyways. Especially and, after uh, donuts. Uh, yes, yeah. Sugar them up, and that'll be fun. <laughs> Said no. So, ever. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Only on the way out, right? Uh, but uh, no, we named it high octane kids because you know high octane is the best fuel you can put in your car, and so high octane. Uh, it, the Bible is the best fuel we can put into our life. And so uh, I wanted something that spoke a little bit about the, the kids, and, and I wanted them to understand when they come in that it's not going to be a place that's just boring or, you know. And I know my voice is very relaxing and very, yes. I've been told it's soothing. It's but <laughs> but uh, at the same time, uh, I use the inflection in the voice to capture their attention, and I can bring it down low and have them lean in when I need to. Or I can get crazy and have a lot of fun, you know. Um, but uh, what are some of the challenges that you face at children's ministry? As we talked about earlier, you're a rarity that you've been in this ministry for so long. Most people don't, and maybe it's for good reasons. They're either growing with the children in the program, so they move up to the next level from children to youth, or they get an offer to uh, work as a as a lead pastor somewhere. But you have stayed here. What, what were some of the challenges you had to overcome in your long tenure in this position? I would say the desire to provide for my family. You have to come overcome that challenge because a man or me as a man, I want to provide for my kids and my wife, make sure they have everything that they need. And so I realize you have to work in this world and you have to do things. And so... Um, when another church would call and they would ask me to come, I would, I would have to think, well, boy, that's a great opportunity. They're, they can pay me more. They can have benefits, and it would be so good for my family. And so I would have to overcome that selfishness inside of me. That would be the biggest obstacle is myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to remember that this is a calling, and this isn't about me. It's about what Jesus wants. And, and um, so, you know, I just believe that if I pray and I ask him, he'll tell me. Absolutely. And so, you know. I think he's really honored your commitment here by giving you opportunities to work with children's leaders uh, throughout our geographic region. Um, you just came off of a retreat where you were working with other children's leaders. What were some of the highlights of that for you? Yes. Well, just just honored that they would even ask me to come for one. That's, you know. But uh, yes, we went to Arkansas and I taught a, a session, two sessions, and then I was a keynote speaker there at a conference uh, teaching kids, pastors. And so um, I searched myself and find, I try to find out why they would ask me. But at the same time, I never, if I feel God's leading me to go, I'll, I'll go. Because I'm the first to tell you, I don't know everything there is about kids' ministry. I'm still learning and growing. And the moment I stop learning would be the moment that I probably need to quit. Mm. 
And mm-hmm. so, uh, but so far, God is still teaching me, and I'm still trying to make myself available to learn new things. I'm getting older, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and you know, and times are changing. It's mm-hmm. it's so different now than it was when I started 21 years ago. Absolutely. And I mean, so, technology has changed oh, yes. and the way kids so, learn and process information. How have you yeah. adapted your ministry to accommodate those changes? Well, you know, the kids are so visual now. I mean, they're always looking at a phone or a tablet or a TV screen, and so it's very visual. And so, um, you know, I, I, I've just tried to stay up with the technology and make sure that the the room itself uh, is something that is going to draw their attention. You know, if we don't have their attention, we can't even tell them to get out of the street. Right, good. And so uh, we have to have attention getters. It's the it's not the be-all, end-all, but it is definitely a tool. And so, you know, once again, I mean, we're not a mega church or big church with lots of money, and I wanted to have some sort of a video wall. And you think about having a video wall, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. And so I ended up with two projections, uh, two projectors that blend, and we were able to put them up and make a video wall that you can stand just a few feet off of and still not, you know, uh, distort the picture. And so, you know, we're just doing what we can do with what what we have, and God always brings the increase. It's up to him, you know. I just, I just have to show up and be willing and uh, prayed up and ready to go, and he'll bring the increase. I think another uh, aspect of your success, too, is the welcome that kids receive when they come. I mean, it's one thing to, to uh, hold their kids, the kids' attention while they're in class with you or while they're in the large group times. But from the moment they step in the door, high-octane kids is fun. Why was it important to you to create an environment that was so inviting and welcoming? Just simply my past, I would say. You know, I, I just want the kids to have a great time. I want them to want to be there. And, uh, you know, it's totally different when you have a kid that comes in the door that mom and dad are dropping off that wants to be there, that's running in, they're looking for the workers, they're looking for me, and they want to be greeted and and welcomed. I mean, that's that's an awesome feeling, and it's a great thing to see. And and even with all the bells and whistles and the things that we've uh, been able to provide, there's ultimately these kids that come in that are nervous. They don't want to be there. And, you know, you're bringing me here and you're dropping me off and going to big church, Mom. You know, why am I here, you know? And so um, I want them to feel as comfortable as possible when they come in that door. And that's, that's why my workers in the front of the foyer are, uh, and I don't mean the word older is not, probably not what I should say here, but they are grandma type mm-hmm. ladies that I have working at the, the check-in. Uh, you know, the lady that opens the door and greets the kids, she, you know, she's an older lady and she's just a grandma and she knows she's a grandma, but she loves those kids and they love to see her open that door and greet her, greet them with a smile and with love. And so, you know, it's it's putting the right people in those spots so that these kids can come in. If they're if they're not comfortable, if they're nervous, and if they're sad to be there, they're not going to learn. And so that's why it's important to me. From the moment they come in, they feel comfortable, they feel welcomed, they feel loved, and because uh, in an environment like that, they can grow. You're a daddy. And you had a child in the children's ministry. Tell me yes. what that was like for you. How did that change uh, your perspective? Well, that that was 
to me, probably the most special part of it is getting getting to teach my own daughter about Jesus as I teach others, and uh, what a blessing that has been for me to be able to do. Um, you know, you, you walk some fine lines. You you don't want to pay any special attention to your child. You know, you want her to be the equal to everyone else, and you don't want anybody to say, oh, well, she's the pastor's daughter, and, and blah, blah. You know, that, that can happen at times. And so we would self-guard that as much as we could, and, and my wife was very good at telling me when I was <laughs> overdoing it and not including her because I was trying to yeah. not show favoritism. And so, you know, we just found that balance, you know, and and, and that, the way God does it, he gives us our helpmate, and she just helped me so much through that. And uh, she would let me know when to give more and when not to. And and so it just, what a blessing it was to have her in there. So um, as we close out the show today, I'd love to hear you give some advice to people who are wondering whether or not children's ministry is a fit for them. What would you say? Well, I would say go and volunteer in your kids' ministry in your local church and uh, begin to pray and ask God what his, his plan for your life is. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is very clear. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And so he has a plan. And it's our job is to lean into him and to find out where, where, what that plan is for our life. But if you're thinking that it might be kids' ministry, it's great to go get plugged into one. I tell the students that do come and we teach them, I tell them, look, you may find out that kids' ministry is not good for you, and that is great knowledge. It's just as important to know what you're not called to as it is to know what you are called to. And so um, I would say go get plugged in. Find somebody that will pour into you. Ask them all the questions you can. And uh, just learn and grow. We're going to have some uh, people working in children's ministry currently who are listening to this podcast today. What encouragement or advice would you give them? If I was going to try to encourage a children's pastor or give any advice, you know, first of all is just your prayer life. Make sure that you're staying prayed up. It's hard to pour out when you're not full yourself. Um, second of all, I would say relationship equity. That is so important with a child. They need to know that they're loved and that you really want their best, in- or you have their best interest at heart. And so when you begin to speak to them, if they feel those things, then you can speak into their life. And so... You've got to build a a relationship with these kids. You can't just come in on a Sunday morning and say, all right, sit down and listen to me. You have to love on those kids in a godly way, showing them, you know, the love of Christ in everything that you do and say. And so build some relationships with those kids. It's not, and I know from a kid's pastor's point of view, this is not going to sound... But it's not all about the teaching. It it really isn't. I mean, you can. I want you. I, I I want to teach the kids about Jesus. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it's about that relationship that you can build with those kids. And not everyone has a father. And so it's important for a man to be in kids ministry, one that will be 
not their father. You can't take a father's place. But you can be a godly man and a godly example in front of those kids that they don't receive at home a lot of times. And so I, I would encourage the men that might be listening, if you feel like God is laying on your heart, to just go and be in your kids' ministry area and and just share your your manly, God-giving love to these kids. I'm not saying hug on them and hold them and anything. That, that, we, we try not to. We try not to even touch the kids, you know. I encourage, you know. But there's ways of showing love, and that's called attention. And so many of our kids don't get attention. And so if you can go into your kid's ministry room and be a volunteer, just show some attention to these these kids that don't have that and show them what a godly man looks like and what a godly man, how a godly man acts. You can preach way more of a message than I yes, can sir. on that stage. Yes, sir. So good. As we close out the show today, is there anything you'd like people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? I would have to say that, um, you know, your calling into kids' ministry is not from your own heart. It's from God's. It certainly has been with you, but I think that God can also turn a heart that's curious and seeking and willing to follow him. God will give you absolutely a heart and a skill and a passion for that. Absolutely. I think the key words that you said that are seeking and willing. So many of us decide what we want, and we try to follow, or not follow, but we try to incorporate God's plan into ours yes. instead of us incorporating ours into his. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that God will speak to your heart. And so if, if you feel like God is calling you into the into kids' ministry, lean into it and allow God to speak that into you and be willing to do whatever he's asking you to do. And that would be my best advice. I just follow Jesus and what he's asking you to do and love the people the way he wants you to love them. So good. So if, if our listeners have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have, and they're living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, they might want to come by and see you in action. Where can they find you? We would love for them to come by. Um, we actually have uh, an area of our kids' ministry where they, that adults can come in at any time and uh, be a part of the service. We actually we will separate you from the kids because we don't know you, but that's okay, too. We want you there. You can come to uh, 208 uh South Story Road here in Irving, Texas at Grace Point Church. And we would love to have you come sit in a service with us. And uh, when you come, just ask for me. I'd love to meet you in the foyer. We'll have a cup of coffee. You have so much great experience in this ministry and a real passion for that. There might be some people that live outside the area that would love to continue this conversation with you. How can they do that? They can reach me at my email here at mygracepoint.com. They can look that up, uh, is our website for the church, mygracepoint.com, and look for the kids pastor, Jack Miller. 
And my email address is actually jack at mygracepoint.com. That's super easy. Well, <laughs> Jack, this has been such an important conversation. I, I can't hardly think of anything more important than um, loving and reaching uh, young people with the um, love of God and teaching them the truth about who God is and who Jesus is and why he came. And so thank you for your service, for your faithful years of commitment, for the children that uh, grew from your ministry and went on to do and to follow in your footsteps, to do what you are doing now. Um, the example that you've been for this church, the way that you've encouraged parents as they've as you partnered with them in raising their children, um, it's been a beautiful thing to watch. So thank you for the beautiful gift that you've given us. Um, and listeners, we'll see you again next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's eye-opening interview. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website at nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise, and to Joel Salazar, who created and performed the new Now I See theme song. 